Well, after last week, some of the things that we talked about in the workers' meeting, God began to kind of deal with me on some of that was a lot of new faces, uh, new people, and sometimes he gives us a subject that we, you know, we think, well, they already know that, you know, but we don't realize sometimes there's new faces here that need to hear for the first time what you know. So um, it's good to go back over some of these principles, right? Some of these things that we already know. And uh, I love what, uh, I think it's in Peter. Boy, I'm really stepping out of here. This just came to me. I think it's in First Peter. Maybe it's in Second Peter. Yeah, Second Peter. It's in verse 12. He said, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Amen. You know, uh, God began to kind of deal with me this week on that is, you know, for me personally, can I, can I get personal with you for a second? Because <laughs> I'm about to anyways. Um, you know, Pastor Susan does such a great job teaching, doesn't she? And, of course, I find myself sometimes going, man, I wish I could teach like she teaches. And you kind of find yourself trying to get up to par. But then God checks you and is like, hey, if I needed two of Susan's, if there's two of y'all, one of y'all is not necessary. So what God began to place on my heart was what I feel like he has, you know, my calling is more about exhorting. Uh, you know, and exhorting really is encouraging, kind of like a coach would be. Uh, you know, in the middle of the game, the coach doesn't come up with new plays. These are plays that they already know but because they practiced it, right? And he reminds them, we need to run this play. We, the defense is showing this. We need to run this play. Well, all the players already know the plays. They just need to be reminded of what to do. So that's kind of the area that I feel like God has called me to is not to reinvent the wheel, uh, but just to remind of what we already know. And that's why this passage in Peter um, was always been important to me, especially in ministry, is because a lot of times you get this, and maybe this is just for people in ministry. Of course, we're all in ministry, right? But when you're speaking publicly is, you know, do and speak on what God lays on your heart. And share that because that is the message for, but we just need to be reminded of, you know, our job is to remind, or my, you know, what I feel like my calling is to remind, and it is to encourage, encourage you to do what you already know to do. And when God gives us a word, we think, like I said, well, they already know that. Well, there may be somebody in here who needs to be reminded of that. The defense has showed their, their play, <laughs> In your life, the enemy sometimes shows us his play. Now we need to be reminded of how we need to counteract that, Chuck. And so that's why it's so important. Though you know these things and be established in them, we're going to remind you of what that is. So 
uh, in this today, we're not here to um, just teach RCC theory, but for you to be walk, um, but for you not to be walking in darkness. That's the key. Uh, and I do really do believe that there is a such thing as religious darkness. Not just darkness in the world. We see that already, but I'm talking about religious darkness and some untruths that we're going to try to um, we're going to try to talk about. Um, this is what uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 12. I'm going, to be, I'm going to try to give you a little bit of time to, to turn to these. Some of these already got uh, printed out. Some of these I'll turn to them as well, and that'll, that'll give us time to get to them. Paul said this, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. I want to talk about this subject tonight, knowing God's will. And I put, in, I put in parentheses, I can know it. I can know it. There's a lot of times where people just feel like, well, serving God is this really big mystery. But it, and I know some things might seem mysterious, but his word, if, we, if we'll dive into it, I believe through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he can bring out some truths in this. That's kind of what we want to do here tonight is so that we can know. I underlined that in my notes here, that we might know. Well, that's what, if Paul said that, there, there is this showing that I should know, I can know what the will of God, and I can know the things that are freely given to us of God. Um, it's God's desire for us to know him and how, how to receive everything that he has provided for us. That, that's a key word there, has, because a lot of religious darkness today is always what God's going to do. Well, the reality is this. God's already done it. We just got to exercise our faith to reach out and receive it. Amen. So uh, he has provided uh, for us, not just in our own power, but through Jesus Christ. Amen. Through the power of Jesus Christ, his finished work on the cross, his resurrection, his ascension to the Father. And I, I love in Matthew 6 and 10, Jesus said this that uh, when he was praying the model prayer, he, he mentioned this in verse 10 of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven. So these are things that are not just uh, happen chance. Uh, these are things that, uh, that God's desire is to know his will. We can know his will. And uh, we can also receive... Uh, what already has been provided for us through Jesus Christ, and we can live heaven on earth. Do you believe that? Yes. Because before you can accept, before when we read the word of God, we have to have this, this mindset. Whatever I read, I'm going to believe it. You've got to have that settled in your spirit before you can, before you can even move any further. So let's, let's dive into this subject here, knowing God's will. Let's turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. You know, when we, when we say on earth as it is in heaven, as you're turning there, a lot of people believe religious darkness will teach you have to wait till you get to heaven to live heaven. But that's not, that's not what the Bible says. 
don't live below what God's provided for you. That, that's, the whole, that's the key thing. Don't live below that. Ephesians 5 and 17, Paul said this, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So does that, when we read that verse, does that sound like God wants to keep you in the dark? Because uh, let's look at the word here, understanding. I love studying words, don't you? And, and when the Holy Spirit just says, look that up. <laughs> so let's look at the word understanding. I'm definitely not a Rick Renner, so I can't, uh, obviously, uh, but I can't spit these Greek words out, so I'll spell them. Is that okay? S-U-N-I-E-M-I, which means to comprehend. But this is one thing that he that went with that definition was to put together. So don't be unwise, but put together what the will of the Lord is. We we got to you know the Bible talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. We we have to read some of these things, and we got to put some things together. We got to use the wisdom and the anointing that God gives us when we read these the the scriptures that we can begin to put some things together. Wait a minute. I don't have to wait till heaven to get to heaven because I'm putting together this when Jesus said on earth as it is in heaven. I'm using that example there. So we, you know, we have to put some things together. Romans uh, 12 and 2. Uh, we can probably quote this one uh, by memory. Where Paul said, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing. That word can even be translated as the renovating of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Does that sound like there that God wants to keep you in the dark? No, he doesn't, because he said that we can prove. Let's dissect that word there, um, D-O-K-I-M-A-Z-O. There was actually three definitions here. Uh, number one was to discern. That, that, that kind of fits there really good, that we may discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But there was two others here that really caught, really got me. The second one was try. That we may try what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want, I want to stop here for just a second. When you're new to faith and the faith message, there is going to be that time, and I want to use this word as correct as I can, that for the first time you're going to have to try out what the word says. Does that make sense? Like if I've never given a dollar in the offering and I read in the scriptures that where Jesus says give and it will be given back to you, there's that first time that I've got to try that out. Amen? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So there's going to be a time where we're going to have to try and try in the sense of we're going to see that this is going to work. We're not just trying it out to see if it works. We have, to, we have to put it to the test. James said this, we don't need just to be hearers of the word, but what? Doers, Doers right? So there's going to have to be that first time. I have shared that so many times. Uh, uh, Kyle, when, when me and my family first started coming here, I was okay with paying my tithes. And I was okay with putting an extra dollar in. But the first time Holy Spirit said, give a $1,000, I'm hang on a minute. <laughs> but there had to be that time where you tried. Let me, can, I, can I testify a little bit? 
I, I'm telling you, that was a tough, that was a very tough thing for me to do. But let me tell you what God did. God blessed us financially um, through a, a job for my wife that she, she was receiving an extra $1,000 a month. You see how when you plant a seed, that seed returns over and over and over and over again. But there had to come that time where you're like, I've, I've got to try this. I've got to put this to the test. And, and God, uh, pulled, God came through and proved that to us. Uh, the third one was, and I, this is what I think was really good, and we're, this is what we're going to talk about here in just a little bit, is the word allow. Let's use that. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of, your, renewing of your mind, that ye may allow what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's a big word. That you have the responsibility we're, in, we're going in death tonight, right? <laughs> that you, it's, it's up to us to be a catalyst, can I, if I can use that word, to allow God's will to flow through us that it can go into the earth. Because here's the thing. If I need to know the will of God and I need to renew my mind so that I can know what the will of God is, that must mean that I can know what the will of God is. And this is the thought that came to me, and this is one that me and Pastor Susan talk about a lot. Um, if God's will is being, re is being done uh, regardless of what I say, do, or think, um, why should I pray? Why do I need to waste my time praying if God's will is going to be done regardless of what I do or think or say. You see, that's religious darkness that wants you to think that, well, you know, and, and this is another thing too, is when people will say, well, it must be God's will for them to be sick. If I pray for them to not be sick, do I want to be found praying against the will of God? So there are some, <laughs> there are some we have to wake up to these truths. We have, to, we have to wake up to these things because there's a lot of people just think, well, God's just, you know, whatever God does, God does, and, you know, there's just no rhyme or reason to it. But we're going to uh, we're gonna get to this here in just a minute. But if God's will is being done regardless, why, why am I praying? Uh, if it's God's will for people to be sick, why am I praying to go against God's will for them to get better? See, we have to put together... Remember what we, talk, we talked about a while ago? But understanding what the will of the Lord is, we have to put together what the will of the Lord is. And we ha it's okay to ask these questions so that we can come up with the right answer, right? You with me? Yes. Okay. So here is, because see, I used to, I was thinking today on the way down here, you know, when, when before, when, when we would do funerals or, somebody's child had died, um, you know, or somebody had what we call checked out early, very young, and trying to explain to the family, you just got to trust God, he knows best. Or God needed another little angel in his choir. 
And, and I'm not here. I'm not making fun of nobody. These are things that this is the religious darkness that is out there today. This is not about making fun of no one. This is about putting together what the will of the Lord is concerning things. And people will say this, well, God is in control. And Andrew Womack made this quote. it, It has stuck with me for so long. He said this, if God isn't in control of you, what makes you think that he's in control of everything else? How many come down here out of their own will tonight? Did, did you feel any spirit grab you by the belt buckles and make you get in your car or your, 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 uh, your belt and, and make you get in the car? Nobody grabbed me by the throat, Kyle, made me come down here. He's not a dictator. That's right, Steve. He's not a dictator. And what I'm saying is we, this is going to turn the light on for some people here in just a second. So um, let's list some evils in the world today. Just somebody. Sickness. Addiction. Poverty. Abortion. Death. Child trafficking. Does that sound like a world where God's in control? Okay, because Jesus said on earth as it is in heaven, right? Okay, Well, let's look at Psalms 92 and 15. David said this, To show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. No, none. Not there's a little little bit of unrighteousness in him. No. No. There is no unrighteousness in him. 1 John 1 and 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So here's the thing. The the reason that spiritual darkness is out there like this is because that's exactly the way the devil wants people to think. Because he wants people to be mad at God. He wants, he wants people to keep putting the spotlight on God rather than putting the spotlight on him that is doing all of these things. Now, I know for me, when I say God is not in control, I know that sounds so slanderous, okay? I know that sounds so blasphemous. And it's not to slander God's name, but if he was truly in control, there would be absolutely no evil in the earth, none. So in this right here, we are really, when we teach these things that God is not in control, what we're doing is let's take the spotlight and let's put it on who's at fault here. And it's not God doing these things or promoting these things. The Bible says God doesn't tempt, is not tempted with evil, nor does he tempt man with evil. That's not his MO. That's not how he operates. 
So anyways, uh, let's look at some other scriptures here. Um, in Psalms, here's the thought. Um, when, when people tar, start talking about, well, um, well, God may not have done it, but God allowed it. That's the next spiritual darkness that goes down the line. But this thought came to me, God cannot allow what he has no control over. I mean, that's just some things in my mind. It's like, how, how is there an allowance there of something I have no control over? I can't give Steve a million dollars if I don't have no control over a million dollars. Because Psalms 115 and 16, it says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to who? The sons of men. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1. We ought to be, all be able to turn there real quick. I know this seems like spiritual ABCs, but there is no doubt in my mind tonight somebody need to hear this. There's no doubt in my mind. Because one thing, I've never wrote notes this quick in my life. This just, this just came out. I knew, I knew it was the anointing. Uh, let's look at verse 26 of chapter 1. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. So he didn't say, I'm going to keep dominion over them. He said, let them have dominion. Oh, and let's skip on down. And over all the earth and, every, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Let's go down to verse 28. And it says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. Conquer it, is what that means. So does this sound here just according to these scriptures that God is in control of the earth? No, he put us in control over the earth. The word dominion there in verse 26, um, R-A-D-A-H in the Hebrew, uh, means to subjugate, which obviously means to bring under control. Uh, but the word subjugate in Latin actually means to bring under the yoke. It's our duty as born-again believers to bring everything that we see to bring it under the yoke of the Word of God. You see, the farmer, this is the illustration that God gave me. The farmer doesn't wear the yoke. He puts it on the oxen to carry out what he wants done. That's good. Let's look at, at um, Matthew chapter 11. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into this yoke thing. And I want to say this while we're turning. The reason I feel like God wants to reveal some of these truths is I believe there's people maybe here or there's people that may be listening to this on the radio somewhere down through time that they're carrying a load that they're not supposed to carry. And God wants to lift that burden today of things that um, wasn't your fault, wasn't his fault. Let's look at, uh, start in verse 28. Jesus said this, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice that Jesus said for us to take, the way he quoted was, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And as I said just a second ago, people 
are tending to carry a yoke or a load they were never intended to bear. Um, one of the truths that we need to get that will pull us out of religious darkness is this is why God has given us his word so that we can speak against these things and take authority over these things so we don't have to bear these all alone and we don't have to bear them at all. But it would be the same, as I said earlier, it would be the same as a farmer that took the yoke off the oxen and put it on his own shoulders. Not only is it too heavy, but it makes absolutely no sense. If you saw, I know that that's, this is in olden times, I mean now it's tractors and everything else, but if you saw a guy out in the field plowing and he had the yoke on his back and the oxen were foot loose and fancy free, you would be walking up and saying, hey fella, let me let you in on a little secret here. So, but the, the thing that I believe that God wants us to understand here is that the, we, we put, we don't carry the load, we speak the word of God and we begin to, it's like the farmer putting the yoke on the oxen. Now we're in control and we're saying what's going to happen. Um, I know it's hard for a lot of religious minds <laughs> that you, what you say can happen. What you say will happen. We're going to get to that here in just a little bit too. Um, you know, I looked this up today. Most uh, yokes in, in, in the past that they would put on oxen weighed uh, as much as 70 pounds. Um, you know, that don't seem like a whole lot. Carry that around all day. All the time. Never put it down at all. That's going to get heavy after a while. And that was never the intention. I love that's why Jesus said, come into me. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And he said, take my yoke, and I love what he said, and learn of me. Man, we're about to get into some meat here. And learn of me. We need to underline that. We need to learn of him, not our own thinking, not what other religious minds are telling us. Now, if that religious mind is telling you what the word says, that is great, but we've got to, we've got to shave this religious darkness out of our life that we're just bouncing around and God is allowing things to happen that are, that are evil. This is a lie from the enemy. But he said that we would find rest to our souls. We know that the soul is the, uh, the mind, the will, the emotion. So we see here that um, how many... People, do you know, maybe there may be people in here tonight that you need rest in your mind. Or have ever been in a place where you needed rest in your mind. The word, um, when he said, my yoke is easy, comes from the word... Um, I'm going to take a stab here. Crestos, which means good. The word light, L-A-P-H-R-O-S, which means easy. So you could, you could really uh, reword that as saying my yoke is good and easy. Good and easy. Uh, this, this could also mean um, that we should yoke up with Jesus. You know, for a yoke, and especially a team, there's two sides of that yoke. And so when you, when you uh, let me tell you right now, I don't know anything about oxen. 
I don't know anything about mules, but I actually got to grow up uh, around some people in ministry that got the pleasure of uh, skidding logs with a mule. And he said, my grandfather had two mules, and he said, if they weren't working together, you might as well unhook one of them because they were never going to get up the hill. He said, if you didn't unhook one of them, they'd get the job done. But if they weren't in sync together, they were going nowhere. Here's the thing. we got to get in sync with Jesus. we got to get in sync with this word because if we're living life not according to the word, we're going to be this number right here, and we're not going to be getting anywhere. So we got to get yoked up because I'm going to tell you, God did not send Jesus to this earth to redeem us for us to walk around with a tough life. Always upset all the time. But Jesus said that his yoke was good and easy because his work, this is the, the next phase here, his work is using his words. Now digging a ditch is one thing, but talking is another thing. Right? So let's turn over to Mark chapter 11. You know, in, as you turn there in Genesis 11, when we talked about the Tower of Babel, God didn't come down and, and confuse their abilities. He come down there and he confused their language. You see, the devil don't care how talented you are or what you can do. If he can get your words out of sync with God's word, we're doing this number right here, going nowhere. We got to get in sync with God's word. Now, let me tell you something about this. Jesus said this before Kenneth Hagin did. Okay? Now, I love Brother Hagin. We're going to do, do some Brother Hagin quotes here in just a minute. But um, Jesus said this a long time ago. He said in verse 22, he said, have faith in God. That actually really does translate to this, have the faith of God. That's a, that's a powerful statement. I mean, having faith in God is one thing. That's, that's powerful enough. But to say to have the faith of God, that even God has to exercise faith, that, that's another thing. Verse 23 says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, I want you to say that, shall say, shall unto this mountain, you don't have to repeat that, just the shall say. But thank you for being obedient. <laughs> that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. So when we talk about yoking up with Jesus, what we're going to have to do is when we yoke with him, we're going to have to get our words right. You can have your abilities, you can come to church more than the Pope, but if you don't, Get your words right. We're going nowhere. We're making no ground. Because Jesus' work was using his words. Whenever he raised Lazarus from the dead, he did not go into the tomb and pick Lazarus up. What did he do? He spoke to him. You ever notice that he said, Lazarus, come forth? You want to know why? 
Because if he would just would have said, come forth, they'd all got up. Everybody dead in there would have got up. That's another lesson about being specific on what we say. But I love what it said, but whosoever shall say and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, say he saith, They shall come to pass. Now we look at Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. We know it says, let me see if I can quote this. A man's belly shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. Um, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat the fruit of it. We know this from memory, right? But do we know it by heart? Do you know it here? Do you know it in your heart? Notice in verse 23 that Jesus said this, shall not doubt in his heart. This is going to help a lot of people here. Notice that Jesus did not say, did not doubt in his mind. But he said, don't doubt in your heart. This is the Kenneth Hagin quote that helped me. I believe the heavens shined down and I heard angels singing whenever I heard this. You can have faith in your heart with doubt running through your mind. I was like, that's it. <laughs> that was the key for me. I needed to hear that because I thought, I, I believe the word of God, but there's some stuff in my head. Let me tell you something. Your mind will never get saved. But you have to know that Jesus, Paul said, if you believe in your heart, now you've got to confess with your mouth, but you've got to believe it in here. And if it's in here, it doesn't matter what's running on in here as long as it ain't coming out here. So don't let thoughts that are running temporarily, because I've, some, I've had some people tell me I'm having a horrible day and you see them five minutes later and they're laughing. Some emotions are just fleeting. They're changing. One, day, you're going, one minute you might have a thought of doubt, and the next minute you might be on cloud nine. You cannot build the foundation of your life on what's running through your mind. you got to build the foundation of what's on the inside of your heart. And that's why David said this, I have hid God's word in my heart. Not your blood pump, but deep down on the inside, it's in here that I might not sin against God. And I'm not talking about going out blatantly sinning, but sometimes that sin is this, is going against what the word of God says. <clears throat> you know, the hardest part for people is to realize, young believer, I want you to hear this, that you are a three-part being. Spirit, soul, and body. You'll find that in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. But if you are led by the Spirit, let's go to Galatians chapter 5. You know, we may not get to no comments tonight, but we need to hear the word. We may get to it. We may not. I'm not, I'm not trying to debunk the way we do it. Uh, let, let's start in verse 16. Paul said, this I say then, walk in the spirit. That sounds like a choice, don't it? Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. So does that sound like all three parts of your being are always going to be in agreement? It says right here, they lust against each other. 
And they're, here's another one. And they're contrary to each other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variances, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Uh, get you a strong concordance if you want to know what these are. Uh, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things uh, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Verse 24, let's look at that. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. That means there might be a time and there will be a time that you are going to have to crucify self so that spirit can live. Jesus even told Peter, he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So quit looking at natural things. Quit leaning on your emotions to determine what's going to happen in the spiritual side of you. You've got to lean into the spirit because we're going to live by the spirit. We're going to walk by the spirit. We're not going to, we're not going to walk by our flesh. We're not going to walk by our emotions. Amen? We're going to walk according to the spirit or according to the word of God. And if we are led by the spirit, it doesn't matter what the other two do. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the soul and the body they have to give way to the Spirit if my spirit chooses the Word of God. There's been times, Brad, where I didn't want to come to church. But you know what Spirit said? We're going to church. There were times when Spirit wanted, or I'm sorry, flesh wanted to do a lot of things flesh should, that Spirit didn't want, that, that wouldn't be spiritual, but the spirit had to take over. I wanted to. I, there, I had a situation on the way down here. A guy riding my bumper honking the horn. I wanted to. <laughs> Ooh, Kyle, I'm telling you right now, I had to remember where I was going, what I was about to do. It had me stirred up on the inside. But you know what? I had to tell flesh, we're not hanging nothing out the window. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're not giving him break checks and all that. We got to follow the spirit. And you want to know why? Because there, you know what? The enemy will check you with everything, anything he can do to try to get you off balance. We have to choose spirit. If we want to walk in the spirit, when we choose spirit, the other two, they just, they don't have choice. They're going to have to come along with it. We are the ones that God can use to bring goodness to the earth. But for God to be in control, here's the thing. God can be in control if we put him in control. When does God have control on the earth? When we yield to him. We have to yield to him. And how do I yield to God? 
Will I yield to God by reading his word, speaking his word, and as we said earlier, doing his word? And you know what? Doing his word sometimes is not the easy thing to do because it's going to ride against flesh and soul and emotions. But we have to make a choice. We have to be predetermined, really. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to do Now, don't get in condemnation, okay? Because there's been times where I didn't follow, Will, what the Spirit said to do. There's a thing called repentance, okay? There's a thing called, <laughs> thank God for repentance. Thank God that the blood's still flowing, Brother Keith, because I've needed it a lot of times. But I've had to make this choice. I have to have a heart that is willing to repent. As well, I have to have that made-up mind. But in order for God to be in control, we have to yield to him. Romans 6 and 16, it says this, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. There's some key words here, whom ye yield. doesn't say anywhere here that God's going to come down and just take over. I have to yield. You know, it's like coming up and you got, have you seen the, um, the uh, flagmen, you know, when there's road construction and they got the sign, one says stop or slow and go and all this stuff. I thought, what if you had a stop and a yield, you know, and you got, really, you got God and the devil. You're going to have to show one of them the stop sign and the yield sign. Because the same way God needs a catalyst to get in the earth, the devil needs a catalyst to get in the earth too. He needs, a co- he needs somebody to cooperate with him in order for him to have a legal right to even be here. So when we look at the word yield, that actually uh, is broken down to the word aid or assist. Well, who do you want to assist? Well, I hope you're not going to say the devil. I don't, want to, I don't want to assist him. I don't want to give. I don't want to give any aid to him. I don't want to give any place to him. I want to aid and assist God. I want him to use me to do good. The word uh, it says, uh, "Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey." The word servant there, uh, dolus, uh, which actually means a slave. But there, there was two words here. It's a slave, voluntary or involuntary. People can say, well, I didn't mean to say that. That's not what I meant. Words are words. You know, well, I didn't mean that. Well, this is, says right here, a slave, voluntary or involuntary. So I can sometimes... Uh, I think Mark has called it the hee-haw anointing, gloom, despair, agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Oh, That's just a song. Uh-uh. I remember Joe McGee talked about uh, they used to have, was it Johnny Paycheck that sing Take This Job and Shove It? And he said, you know, that would come on the radio and we would just, yeah, you know, singing it all the way down the line. He said, you want to know what happened? Two months later, the plant shut down. Don't tell me your words. Your words have power. So don't say, well, I didn't mean that. You, 
let me tell you something. The reason I want to practice my words mattering is when I want my words to matter, I want them to matter. I want them to be productive. So we can't be loose talking over here for one minute and then trying to be serious over here for this minute and God's over here going, and you're like, God, I asked you. He's like, oh, you're being serious now. I want God to know that my words mean something all the time. All the time. So who are we going to yield to? Well, the gist of this today has been to understand that you can know the will of God. And that will is his word. But I have to say his word and I've got to do what his word says to do if I'm going to be able to be a yielding agent for God's goodness to come on the earth. But there's the flip side of that too. If I'm just walking around by flesh and saying all these things and doing all these things that are contrary to the word of God, if I'm not careful, sometimes I can be a yielding agent to the enemy. Born again. Born again. But ignorantly giving way to the enemy working in my life. I'll never have that. Sound like something God would say or something the devil would say. I'll always be poor. I ain't got a pot, well, I ain't got, well. <laughs> I love to watch my wife's face. She'll tell me when we get home. <laughs> the, I'm telling you, we got to clean up. I, I want to move into a state of perfection, don't you? <laughs> I lost you, didn't I? I lost you. We need to be mindful because I want to be a catalyst to the goodness of God working in my life. Um, so we need to be mindful. And I know a lot of us here today, seasoned, know this. But there may be people here that don't know this. And they need to know that, you know what? God's not left you powerless. But he's given you his word to take authority that you're not susceptible just to every little old thing that comes down the pike. Um, as Kayla was joking with me the other day, you don't have to let the devil run rough shot over you every morning. You can stand up and say what his word says over your situation. But here's the big key. I'm, I'm trying to close here. Um, that's the importance of reading the word of God. You can't quote what you don't know. You got to know it. Amen. All right. Well, I've went a little bit longer than probably I should have. But if you got a comment, uh, if you got a question, I'll do my best to answer it. I may have to lean to, uh, I might have to lean to some of the uh, seniors in the room <laughs> that might I have the answer there. So anyways, if you got a comment or anything, just raise your hand and uh, Kayla can bring the microphone to you. To the, the thought that you just put out, if you haven't read the word, you know, then... How are you going to know something? Uh, Travis Johnson says that uh, I'm not sure where he got it from. But if the Holy Spirit brings things to your remembrance, how are you going to remember something if you never remembered it? That's good. Never become a part of you. That's right. What is it? Kelly. Oh, Kelly. Sorry. One of the things that um, I guess I started noticing since March of 2020 is how often people say, you know, God's in control. And so I was doing a Bible study, and so I suggested that if there is time, 
and not to do this in strife, but just ask a person what do they mean by God's in control. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll find out that they really don't mean it like how they're saying it. Right. And, um, and I just thought it was very interesting that whenever God, you know, gave us dominion, that was long before the, well, I don't want to say long because we really don't know the span of time, but that was before the fall. So he gave us dominion yes. Yes. before we ever really, um, it become a need mm -hmm. that we truly had. So, I mean, and not, I'm not saying that God didn't say that we didn't need it before the fall, but I'm just saying that he, he put that in place, mm -hmm. you know, a span before the fall happened. Right. That's good. So this is long into play before law and everything else. So that's right. All right, stand to your feet, please. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. We're so thankful for it, Father, and not just that we can memorize it, but God, it becomes that member, just like Brett was talking about. It becomes a part of us. And Father, that we can walk victorious in this earth, God, that we can stake our claim, Father, on truth, and we can know what the will of God is. We can understand what the will of God is, and we can walk in wisdom, Lord, according to your word. I pray that, um, Lord, that those that were here tonight, that this was the first time that they've heard this or maybe somebody out there on the radio, whatever the case may be, God, that even if some of these things are not sure of, Father, I pray that they would just not take my word for it, but God, Holy Spirit would reveal to them, God, truth. This is not about my theory being right. God, this is about your word being correct and working in our life and us having victory. God, in this world, live in heaven on earth because that's exactly what Jesus intended. Father, we know that uh, we're sending everybody out, God, with protection, with provision. Mm -hmm. God, the, uh, your word, God, going before them, preparing the way. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.